Hello and welcome to the Driver Hire podcast. My name's Tony from Driver Hire Croydon and Sutton. Hello, I'm Gary from Driver Hire in Colchester. We represent two of Driver Hire Nationwide's network of over 100 offices and we decided to get together to create a series of regular podcasts for people who want to know more about Driver Hire but principally to provide hints, tips and tricks to help our drivers be the very best that they can be. Hi Gary, how are you doing? Very well Tony, lovely to see you again. The beard's looking good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, a bit of bit of grooming this week. Uh, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, so um, yeah, how are you? How's things in Colchester? Very good, very busy. We're working very hard with the council doing some local bagging deliveries, which is slightly different for us. Okay, bagging, what's that? Well, they still have recycling bags, so we're out for the next two weeks delivering recycling bags to every resident um, in the Colchester area. Okay, cool, cool. Right, so this week, what are we going to be talking about? Well, actually, we had a bit of fun last week, and this is this is a little follow-up to what we learned last week. So, so what were we doing last week, Gary? We went to see a lovely guy called Lawrence over at NDC to learn how to get a HGV licence. Yeah, so yeah, so it was a, it was a really good day actually. We went um, to a National Driving Centre based here in Croydon, and we met with the operations manager there, uh, and we shot a video which um, you can find on YouTube, all about uh, how a driver with a car van license, Cat B license, might want to upgrade to to either a, a truck or or a bus. Uh, so really, I suppose this is just about kind of sharing what we learned last week. Yeah, I mean, I thought I knew a little bit how to get your licence, but he threw so much information at us, and it's great. And now we've got that video to help us, and today's podcast will hopefully make people listen and learn how to get the HGV licence. Mm, yeah, exactly. So I suppose the, you know, the, the biggest takeaway was that you know, we, we are a couple of old duffers, <laughs> um, and we, <laughs> we passed our tests um Oh, hang on. So I think, well, mine was 1989. How about you, Gary? 1984. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not sure we even had tucker grass in trucks then, did we? Oh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> so, so so, the process was very different. Um, and there will be a lot of drivers out there um, who did pass their tests back in the 80s, early 90s. And and it was very different. And, and you know, speaking for me, I, I simply got my uh, provisional, medical provisional, um, went along to a training school, did a week's training course, um, took my test on the last day. You did a reversing exercise, went out for a drive. Uh, examiner asked a few questions at the end, you know, what's the sequence of traffic lights or that, you know, that kind of stuff. And they say, you know, you know, yes, you passed. Well, no, you haven't. Well, in my case, no, you haven't. But the second week I went back and I did pass, which was good. Um, but it was quite a simple process. Was yours similar? Um, well, I don't mind in the army, and I don't know about the medical side of things, and so it was mostly all done for me. But all we done was drive around an airfield uh, where we done all our manoeuvring, then drive around the streets of um, Beverly, I think it was, off the top of my head, or Leckenfield, round that way, and then sit down at the end, do a few highway code questions, and we were signed off. I was third time, by the way, Tony, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you never told me that before, Gary. <laughs> 
Can't let all the secrets out. <laughs> so, um, so you know, today, you know, there are some things that are the same, but there's a huge amount that's different, and and this is what we learned last week. So, so let, let's let's kind of talk through that. So the so step one is about making sure you've got the right things on your driving license, and you can't get yourself a provisional category C or D, so C being truck and D being bus, you can't get yourself a provisional unless you do have a, a car license, which um, sounds obvious, although it wasn't the case back in the day. You could actually be a double L driver and take a take your car test in a truck and your truck at the same time, which sounds really weird thinking back on it now. That's not how I did it, but it could be done. And the, and the army did use that quite a lot, didn't they? They did, but I learned in a a little three-ton lorry. I mean, it was quite minute. A little Bedford TK it was. Yes, <laughs> certainly a, a relic. The truck, not you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, both of us, I think. <laughs> so, so today, um, you still need to get that provisional license. Um, it's a pretty simple process. You need to get a couple of forms. There's a D2 form and a D4 form. Uh, the D2 being the license application. The D4 being the medical. And you take the D4 along to um, a doctor, your doctor, um, or there are private doctors that will do this. And uh, you don't have to pay for the provisional. You do have to pay for the medical. Uh, going rate is, you know, circa £100, give or take, and um, and send it off. Um, so the license itself is, is free, and that takes a week or so to come back. And at that point, you can start your training. So, so today, unlike the, the one test that Gary and I took, um, there are uh, four parts uh, to, the, to the training and testing now. So, um, so how does that start then, Gary? Well, module one is two parts. Part one is theory and part two is hazard perception. And you have to go to a DVLA test centre. Um, in my case, there'd be one in Ipswich or Chelmsford, that's our local one. There's both probably one in Croydon for you, Tony, but they're all throughout the country. And the cost for these two, um, there's two parts to it, but total £37. Hmm. Okay, so the, the, the 1A is multiple choice theory? Yes, it is. And, and, and 1B is the hazard perception, very similar to uh, what car drivers would have done in their car tests. So then, so that's 1A and 1B. Part 2 is CPC case studies. So CPC, what, what's that? Um, CPC is the Certificate of Professional Competence. And, and this is the first occasion that a trainee driver will get to demonstrate their professional competence. And this CPC is, is again at the, at the government test centre. And most people will probably do 1A, 1B and part two all at the same time on the same day. Uh, you don't have to, you can do them separately, but um, logically you would study for them and, and go to the test centre to, to do it all at once. But but they, um, the CPC syllabus covers a, a huge amount of stuff and a great opportunity to demonstrate your understanding. So that's everything from you know, vehicle ca characteristics, transmission systems, fuel consumption, uh, load safety, you know, the, the, the list goes on. But, you know, lots to do with regulations specific to driving commercial vehicles. Okay. Does it cover driver's hours as well, Tony? Um, there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Good. So, um, so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, back in the day, you didn't have to even know the first thing about driver's hours rules 
to pass um, a truck test. Staggered me. Uh, I, I learned it from a from a little book um, pre-internet. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it was never part of the of the test, but it, it certainly is now. Yeah. Um, and the cost of this one, I believe, is fifty five pounds. That's right, Gary. Yeah, fifty five pounds. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, so the order in which you take these tests, you you've got to do one um, A and one B before you can actually go and do a driving test. But you don't have to do part two CPC. But yeah, you know, when we were talking to Lawrence last week, uh, the way that they manage the you know the progression for trainees is to get all the theory done first. And the reason for that, um, in his mind, is you know if you go and pass your 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 driving tests and you've got your you've got your ticket to drive. But you can't actually do anything with it. it. It's a it's a bit of a hollow victory. So, so um, what they do at National Driving Centre is get everybody completely theoried up um, before they move on to the practical training. And so the the first part of the practical is part three, uh, which is the driving test. Now this is the bit that's probably most similar to, to that which we knew back in the day, um, albeit that you've done all the theory first this time. Um, so. You start off with a manoeuvre off-road. It's a reversing exercise, and you, you have to reverse what we call blindside, which is um, you know, uh, round, to the, round to the left. It's the, it's the side you can see less of, um, and then it switches to, to the good side where you can see over your shoulder, and you're backing it into a, um, a bay of cones um, and uh, hopefully not squashing any of them. Um, I mean, the examiner may stop the test there if you've killed a couple of cones. But um, other than that, you'll be going out on the road for a drive. And this is where you get to demonstrate your ability to uh, to control safely that, that bigger vehicle. Um, I believe the driving test is about an hour to an hour and a quarter, depending on the traffic and driving conditions out there, Tony. Yeah, yeah. So it'll take that long for the examiner to take you to all the, the different situations that he needs to see, particular types of junctions, roundabouts, traffic lights, pedestrian crossings, all those all those different things. So a, a test route will include, you know, a, a lot of those different things. Um, and in some parts of the country, e- even motorway driving or, or uh, a road driving, um, you know, big dual carriageways and whatnot. So it just depends where the test centre is. Um, you know, around here, if you're going to drive on the M25, it would take you way more than an hour and a quarter to get out there and back. Um, so, um, you know, because we're, yeah, it's very, very uh, dense urban area here. Um, so that's part three. And then part four is, I think, my favourite bit of the new testing system. So part four is a practical demonstration of your understanding of the vehicle and load safety. Now, again, you could do this together. Some people will do part three and come back and do part four. But either way around, it's, it's, a, it's a separate fourth part of the test. Now, we, um, we learned a lot of stuff the hard way. Um, and in you know, previous podcasts, we've talked about load restraint, load security. But, you know, if I'm entirely honest, the first time I used a ratchet strap, was when I had to strap a load down and take it out for a drive. Um, and, you know, I guess it was kind of probably down to luck um, that, you know, nothing nothing serious happened um, because I, I was learning on the job. But that's not the case these days. No, um, the uh, practical demonstration is an in-depth daily walk-around check. You're telling the examiner what you're looking for in the vehicle, what's if the vehicle's fit to be on the road and things like that. And then you're demonstrating you know how to secure a load. Mm. And so uh, the examiner has a, um, 
it's a load safety demonstration trolley. So it's like a, a like a big roll cage, um, you know, a sort of steel frame thing. And um, and within it, it'll have ratchet straps, it'll have load restraint bars, it'll have chains. And he may ask you, so, you know, Gary, if you were going to be taking a, a load of timber, which of these devices would you use? And you would say, well, for timber, I'd use the ratchet strap. And he would say, right, okay, can you um, simulate how you would do that by strapping that strap over this load safety demonstration trolley and and that's what you do and he might ask you how you would secure steel and you know it would be with chains and he would ask you how to you know which one of the devices you'd use and, and ask you to actually demonstrate that um so yeah you see so have to learn all the different load restraint types because you don't know which one is going to ask you to demonstrate yeah and the test on that i believe is 20 minutes to 30 minutes at a local DVLA test centre, same as where you take your driving test as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I am so behind this idea. I mean, it's been around for a while now, but but I just think that a new driver today is going to have had more training and testing than back in the day. And one of the things that you know you and I are really passionate about is getting new drivers into the industry. And my view, every single driver had to do their first shift once and in my case um there was a a, a lot of luck and guesswork in that first shift um, and but today you know a, a new driver has never been as well trained as they are today and that can only help in giving comfort to new employers for a a driver coming in yeah far, far better than when i went down the road and pulled into a lay-by for my first commercial shift and pulled the curtains and well tried to pull the curtains because I had no idea how to do it and you get learn how to do things uh, before we do before you go out there in the real world and earn some money yeah absolutely and um you know I I, I just think you know it, it's it's a hard job and giving giving new drivers as many tools as possible before they start that job has got to be a good thing yeah um so what did Lawrence have to say what was the difference? of the new past or oh, the new person coming along and learning to drive what was the main difference tony well yeah it was interesting we we you know so so if you if you jump in a commercial vehicle for the first time there are going to be things that are alien to you and we were keen to try and understand what things caught people out so the 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 biggest thing was vision so when you're driving a commercial vehicle uh, your view is restricted. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you're used to driving a car, as long as you can turn your head round, you've got pretty much 360 degree vision out of it. And of course, with a lorry, you've got a, whatever you're carrying, you've got a great big load behind you one way or the other. So your vision is way more restricted. And we talked about this in previous episodes as well, just even disregarding the view behind, you've got so much that restricts your view even looking forward. So, you know, you've got great big mirrors at the sides to help you see backwards, but of course you can't see what's behind the mirror. So what, you know, Lawrence's advice to new drivers was to be really active in the cab. Um, you know, this doesn't come across well on a podcast, but I'm jumping around in my seat now and try, trying to demonstrate how, how you might kind of, you know, move your head and look behind your mirrors and, and you yeah, know, move your body to, to look into your blind spots. And, um, you know, really, really important. You know, I've, I've heard so many stories of, you know, truck drivers missing pedestrians walking across a high street because they were blind to them behind the mirror. So, you know, being active in your cab, really important. Um, so, so the vision, also the spatial awareness. 
if you're going to take a left turn, um, you need to make space for that left turn because you don't want to be taking the street furniture in any pedestrian that's standing on the corner with you, <laughs> quite obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about how you position the vehicle. It's about how much space you need to make the manoeuvres that you need to make. And then the, the other thing was about the brakes. So for anybody that's never put their foot on an air brake before, um, it's going to feel a little bit different. It, de- it definitely um, is quite... It is very different. There's no getting away from it. It's stopping a 20-ton truck or whatever you're driving. You need something there to help you, and it definitely kicks in quite quickly, and it's a lot sharper than your car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, you know, a car uses hydraulic brakes. So you know, without trying to get too technical about it, what's happening is um, you've got a piston pushing fluid down towards the um, brake calipers, and fluid um, c- can have a, a slight sponginess to it. Um, trucks use pressurized air and of course anybody that's never driven a truck but has been alongside one in traffic and heard the heard the truck dumping its air when the compressors put too much into the tanks will know what that sounds like um, so it's a it's a heavily pressurized system um, and very powerful so what happens is you you touch the brake and you've got more braking force than if you you know absolutely um you know thumped your foot hard on the pedal in a in a car or a van um, so the technique really for anybody who's never used air brakes before is you you plan the braking much earlier you rest your foot on the pedal just to feel uh, and then you just squeeze it a little harder if you need to but like all things in life, when you get used to it, it's really simple, really easy, but it does catch um, new trainees out. Yeah, uh, what you've just described, I had never thought about driving like that whatsoever. I just put the foot on and I brake, but I've been doing it for years on and off. And thank you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you must be doing it like that. Otherwise, you'd have your nose pressed up against the windscreen. <laughs> yeah, very much so. You just don't realise you're doing it. So the other thing is about forward planning and anticipation. So, you know, a, a much larger vehicle uh, takes longer to stop and it, you know, it doesn't, it's not nippy to accelerate away. Uh, so really what you want to try and do is keep the vehicle moving wherever you can. And the way in which you keep a vehicle like that moving is to arrive at traffic lights when they're green, to arrive at roundabouts when they're clear. It's not a matter of luck. It's a matter of planning. It's about looking further ahead planning your maneuvers way ahead um you know if you can see a traffic lights green in the distance it's probably going to be red by the time you get there and and that's why you'll see um commercial vehicle drivers slow down and anticipate that change and then if possible try and arrive with the next green phase and just flow through and the same with gaps on roundabouts yeah very very much so so we've talked about how to get your license but why would you not get your license tony that's the really Big question I have here. Um, well, I, I guess that there's two things, I think. The first one is just straight cold hard cash. Um, the fact packet maths we did says that you're probably going to be around about £2.50 an hour, better off, and on a 40-hour week, uh, 40 times £2.50 is £100. £100 over 52 weeks of the year is just over five grand. So if you're going to earn £5,000 a year more, well, that makes perfect sense um, why you might want to make that investment. So that's kind of thing number one. But thing number two is the job's different and, in my opinion, more interesting. Oh, 
far better. I mean, van driving, all of us can jump in a van and go driving. And if we take what's been happening in the last 12 months, um, the, the vans are out there, there's everyone jumping in the van, and the HEV work with the specialised licence, we've all been called upon and we've been looked at as heroes, the HEV hero. And it's been really nice to be thanked and looked at in a favourable light for a change. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a it's a different job, and it's a it's a skill. It's a it's a professional qualification, and the driver CPC bears that out. Um, it's way more responsibility, and you know, it's it, it's just a, a much more interesting job. You also not not exclusively, but you tend to do more distance and less deliveries in a bigger vehicle whereas you know the vehicle that will do the most deliveries is the small small one that can get to all the all the residential places you, know, you hear these stories of multi-drop van drivers doing 200 parcels a day or something but it's just not the way it works in a in a larger vehicle yeah and it's the different type of work you have with your license as well i've worked in the sewerage industry and you just drove to a spot and you might spend a long time on site so you use your license to get you to and from site but you're doing another job while you're there. And it be the case on lots of different things, like a scaffolder and so on. So it can lead to other work and different money as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And so the kind of last thing to, to talk about really is, yes, the licence is the, it, it's like the entry ticket, you know, the, the table stakes. You know, yes, you can't drive the vehicle without it, but actually that's a given once you're in the job. You know, the thing that, the employer really wants from you is the right attitude to the work. From our very first podcast we've done, Tony, from our hints, tips and, and so on, is it's the attitude and flexibility. You have the right mentality when you come back from finishing your deliveries, phoning up and saying, I'm empty, what do you want me to do? I'm back at the yard, can I wash my vehicle down? What else would you like me to do? Having the flexibility, all the things the employer likes to see in us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Well, I think we've covered why you want to get your licence and how to get your licence here, Tony, mm. and how many jobs I've got advertised. Let's get some of these people in here and get the licence sorted. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's been great. Thank you very much indeed, Gary. And um, and we'll, uh, we'll speak again soon. Yeah. And... Please have a look at the video and listen to Lawrence. He's got some really good um, little tips on there as well on how to get your license. So if you have enjoyed it, please do rate, review and subscribe. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Driver Hire podcast and thank you very much. And as goodbye from myself, Gary Richards at the Colchester office. And from me, Tony Gosher, from the Croydon and Sutton office. If you'd like to get in touch with us, along with all the other driver hire offices, you can find us at driverhire.co.uk. Thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye.